All right. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Real Live Talk. My name is Duke Lamastra. I'm your host. Really, really grateful that you are here joining us for this episode. So thank you so much for being here. My guest for today is a brand new friend of mine, Dr. Paul Ross, joining us all the way from New Brunswick, Canada. Paul has had an interesting life. He started off uh, several years as a pastor, and you're going to hear the story about how on more than one occasion, the Lord led, led him in a really, really practical way. Uh, so he would see a need and then be filled with compassion and be led by the Spirit to take some kind of very simple and very practical action and how the Lord used that to birth something incredible. Uh, today, Paul is doing really amazing work with uh, folks that are dealing with disabilities and it's ministry in community. And one of the things that comes up in this conversation, and you see it in the title of this episode, if you bother to take a look at that, <laughs> uh, doing ministry with rather than two or four. And uh, when Paul said that, it really just impacted my heart. Please uh, do me a favor and keep Dr. Paul Ross in prayer as well as his ministry. There's some really, really big things on the horizon, some big dreams that they have. And uh, I'm just pumped to just know Paul and uh, to hear about what he's uh, doing and really, really excited to be able to bring this episode to you as well. So thanks so much for joining us and uh, hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Paul Ross. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, well, Paul, once again, let me just say thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, I'm, again, I'm fascinated by what you do. I'm excited to just uh, jump into everything and and kind of talk to you a little bit and get to know about uh, what God's doing in your life and through your ministry, ministries. And uh, yeah, so thanks so much for joining me. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, Paul Ross, you're joining me from uh, Canada. And uh, we, I, I just uh, got the the full the full description. So joining me from the province of New Brunswick, um, what's how how cold does it? What's like the coldest it gets up there? Um, we can get into the minus forty Celsius stuff here in New Brunswick from time to time. Yeah, so pretty. That's pretty like cold. that's like where Fahrenheit and Celsius become the same. Did you know that? Like when you get yeah. to minus forty. Yeah. Fahrenheit and Celsius are both this like it's minus 40. That's crazy. I don't know how that works, but so you guys do the Celsius thing always? Um, pretty much up here. Um, we, we're pretty good at like I, because I when I was going through school growing up, um, we started off with Fahrenheit, so I convert back and forth an awful lot. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm uh, I, I only know the bit like I know that 32 Fahrenheit is zero. <laughs> <laughs> and that 212 Fahrenheit is 100. I remember those ones where they taught us, you know, the, the special temperatures. But other than that, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think if you have like a, what's what's a high temperature, like 44? Yeah, we can get into the mid 40s sometimes. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. it's quite extreme here. Like we, the temperature range can be pretty extreme here. So, yeah. Really? Can it fluctuate a lot between like morning and night? Or do you have like pretty defined seasons? We we have pretty much defined seasons, and like here in the Maritimes, you you get like a uh, like a real but short summer. You get a, mm. uh, a short fall. You you have a fairly lengthy winter usually, um, and uh, fairly short spring. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm at, we get um, hot. That's what we get. <laughs> we get hot, and then we get like a few a few days where it can get cold 
and uh every once in a while maybe once or twice a year it'll drop below freezing for you know like a night we'll have to drip our pipes and all that stuff uh, it's you know what i mean it's it's uh but yeah so it's just it's hot all the time just about but yeah man well thanks so much for joining us and i, I would love it man if you could um if we could start off here and just get into this by sharing a little bit about uh who you are and what you do okay. for everybody listen i'm i'm paul ross i um i i, I started i guess we're, we're here to talk about the im ministry stuff or some of my uh like how much is yeah so yeah so let's just let's do let's let's do that let's um let's start there um happy to uh yeah i, I want to know like i want to know i'm fascinated by what you do i think i said that like thousands of times already but i uh yeah i want the story man i want the a little bit of the backstory if you don't mind and i might pause and interrupt you here and there and then if we get off on rabbit trails and stuff like that that's just kind of how it works around here so whatever happens is cool so whatever you feel <laughs> like wherever you want to start off is fine i i i basically i was a senior pastor and um and i i pastored in uh, uh in alberta for a, a brief stint i had a, a little bit of time in uh quebec um province of quebec and then down in um, nova scotia in the halifax area um and then i um came to uh, St. Paul's in Fredericton. And it was there that I basically started IM Ministries um, in 1999. Um, we were in a large uh, downtown church there and I noticed a, a number of uh, young people just sort of wandering the streets uh, through the, the summer months when mom and dad were still out working and there was uh, no babysitter or anything. And I decided to create uh, the uh, Christian athletic sports extravaganzas. And um, that's uh, sort of how things got started. And I called on some of my friends uh, that I grew up with that had become some of them professional football players, soccer players, baseball players. And they donated a week to me and we uh, began the um, Christian athletic uh, sports extravaganzas for kids that couldn't afford to go to camps in the summer. That's what you called them. You called them Christian athletic sports extravaganzas. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love any any opportunity to use the word extravaganza is amazing. I love that. Um, so I am I am stands for. Uh, so it's that's double meaning, right? So it's it's you know. <laughs> well, it started off international athletic ministries because mm. the, the sports camps actually became fairly successful, and so we. Um, that that's how we basically became originally incorporated in this with the uh, um, international athletic ministries, and later on that became shortened to I am, which is also uh, the good Lord's name too. So, um, uh, <laughs> so that so wasn't was that not planned? That wasn't planned from the beginning. Not really. No, we were sitting around. We were getting involved in some television stuff. We were doing a lot of different things. And we're saying, you know, this is more than a, an athletic ministry. And uh, we, I was sitting around with a group of the, uh, the board members and, and um, one of the guys said, well, you know what? He says, IAM. He says, we could just use the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Not really advocating too much. So that's what we did. That's hilarious. That's amazing that you used that name without even thinking about that and it ended up yeah that's that's so cool because i just imagine i just assumed from the beginning that that was that that had to be intentional 
Uh, yeah. That's awesome that it worked out like that. So how did that happen? How did the Lord kind of start directing you toward um, starting that ministry? Um, I, I guess just a concern for uh, a lot of young people um, that mm -hmm. uh, just seem to be getting into a little bit of trouble in the in the downtown core of the city. And I, I thought it would be good if there was something they could go to that wasn't expensive. And, and my vision for it was that... Uh, um, it would it would have to be in you know some really nice facilities and stuff, and we had some of those mm. places here. And so um, I've always believed that when you uh, do something, you, you have to do it to your upper level best, and, and that all, also includes the facilities and the environment in which you create to, to have those types of events. And, and um, so anyway, that's that's what we uh, started to do. And um, and and after all, if you're if you're doing it for for God, you just don't want it to be second rate. You want it to be you know, top of the line. And that's what we aimed at doing. So. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because that's something that I've noticed uh, even in the last conversation that we had. And then uh, just in reading a little bit, I, I checked out the, your website and, and just some different things and, and kind of noticing that that's a that's a trend. That's something that you've that you've done, that you've been intentional about is not doing things cheaply, but doing things with excellence. And so how I mean, how has that how has that worked as far as funding and stuff like that? Like where where does that come from or how how has that all all transpired for you guys? Well, one of the things we did with the sports camps, and this, you know, I'm not even talking about the um, uh, what we're doing right now, but the uh, the sports camps, we started the um, uh, gala events, and it was basically a dinner. We charged a uh, seventy-five dollars a plate, and we would have mm. about three hundred people coming to that dinner. Um, we also did that at the Crown Plaza, and uh, oh yeah. We'd have been special speaker. I'd have been some uh, musical guests. Uh, I would, you know, have a, a presentation uh, regarding the ministry and some of the things that we would have been doing. And and then um, we would also pick up some uh, some donors from those events as well. And we had people come from the U.S. Uh, um, and all across Canada to, to those events. So. That's so cool. That's so cool, man. I, I want to go back to something that you said, because um, you said that basically the ministry was essentially birthed, if I'm understanding you correctly, birthed out of a need. Right. So you were you were looking around and you, you just you had a concern on the inside of you. And I would imagine maybe, you know, some compassion for that age group and, and, and you know, uh, that that. Uh, yeah, that age group. Uh, that was uh, basically maybe getting into some trouble, ending up in some things and wanting to create something that was going to, you know, help them uh, be occupied, but in a way where they could um, not, you know, not just have fun and stuff like that, but also hear the gospel and all of that. Right. So essentially the, that the ministry was birthed out of this, uh, this concern that, that you had. Am I, that's, am I hearing you correctly on that? Yeah, and and I and I think too, uh, God's leading. Like God always opens sure. your eyes to things that are around you, and, and sometimes you know we can go a long time without seeing certain things, and and um, and then one day we we see it and say, well, that's not right, and you know maybe we can do something about that, and and, uh, and that that's sort of the way way I've always been, and you, you begin to ask the questions and do a little bit of investigating, and, and then you just go from there. So. 
Yeah. No, I love that though. I, I love the kind of taking that, that initiative. And of course it wasn't, as you said, it was with the leading of the Holy spirit. It wasn't outside of that, but you know, kind of having that, that desire to do something, to see something change, but then not just like sitting back as so often I think that we do, or we can do is to kind of sit back and be like, oh, I hope somebody takes care of that someday. <laughs> but to say, no, like, how can I partner with the heart of God for this situation to actually see something changed and, and to be a, to, to be a part of it. And and the big thing is, is bringing other people to that battle with you. Um, it's good. Like, you know, you, you like, you can never sort of go into battle by yourself doing anything. I use that sort of uh, military terminology, but, but um, you, you know, and if you're going to go in and, and you're, you're going to, do something like that you need to create a team you need to have people around you you need to have partners you know there's a whole lot of other parts to that besides just doing that event or or having uh those individuals uh um come and participate in it and, and be able to take something away from that there's there needs to be a whole team that comes together behind that and that yeah, that, yeah. that probably is one of the bigger um uh, struggles in getting anything off the ground because you can always get the people there. Um, but, but getting the partners and getting the people to sort of buy into the vision and, uh, you know, support that vision, um, with time, talent, you know, finances, all that type of stuff. That's always one of the, the bigger challenges that I've often found. Like once you get that in place, well, then you can get the other things uh, going quite well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, I, lo I love the the fact that it's, you know, you're looking to do things from the beginning with with excellence and to say, you know what, we're doing something for the king and he's got a kingdom and he's not short on resources. And so, you know, we're going <laughs> to we're going to push and we're going to do this with excellence. I love I just love I just love that heart and I love that mentality. Uh, what kind of sports? Uh, were you were you doing? What was the, the main focus? Oh, man. Well, we did uh, we did got to be hockey, right? Oh, we, well, we actually we didn't do hockey. Um, we because we were doing it in the summertime, um, and uh, we we had uh, Mike Washburn. Uh, I I shouldn't start mentioning names, but because uh, I'm going to miss one or two of them. Um, but we had uh, him. He was a former CFL football player, um, professional football player here in Canada. Um, we had. Uh, a couple of guys from the Canadian national uh, baseball team. We actually had one individual from the uh, Fredericton Royals that came to our camp and later gave his uh, life to Christ at one of our camps. So, That's awesome. But he was there as an instructor originally. And, uh, and then we had, uh, uh, so we had baseball, we had uh, football, we had soccer, we had basketball. Um, and uh, anyway, it just, different things like that. We'd uh, have a pitching machine uh, that we would rent and have there. Um, uh, we had, uh, you know, a lot of fun stuff. Um, Mike Bullard was sort of a big uh, piece back in that time in our Canadian culture as an interviewer and that type of thing, did a lot of different things. So we even um, had, a, had an open mic session um, where kids could come up and sort of share what they, they wanted to share through throughout the week. And, uh, and that, that was, that always produced some, some interesting uh, conversations as well. So. Very cool. And, uh, so what, uh, what transpired from there? So, um, I am ministries was birthed and then, uh, let's, 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 let's keep, let's keep going a little forward here. A little. Well, 
we, we did the camps and everything for about 12 years. Um, and wow. then um, I, I made a transition from one denomination to the other. And part of that was I, I went and I did my doctoral studies and I got to do uh, um, that at Acadia University and uh, got to spend some time over in Israel um, for part of those studies. And then when I came back, the ministry had sort of um, went a little bit dormant at that time. And because I was trying to do a church, do the doctoral studies, do, you know, raise a family and had this little ministry on the side. And uh, I, I came back and I, I was just completing my doctoral studies. And I came out of my office one day and I seen this guy across the street in an electric wheelchair. I've seen him there a hundred times before. And this goes back mm. to what we were saying before. Sometimes you see things, but you don't really see things. Mm. And uh, this this one, one day I... I decided to go over and say hi to the guy rather than just wave at him and get in my car and drive drive on my way. And he was having a pretty rough day. His dad had passed away and his mom was looking at the possibility of putting him and his brother, who's also in an electric wheelchair, in a nursing home. And I just felt I had to cheer the guy up. And I said, you know what? We should do dinner sometime together. And he looked at me and he said, you do dinner with a guy like me? And I said, yeah, I do dinner. With you. Said, Where can you get to? And he said, well, I can get to the mall. And I said, well, let's make a dinner and a movie. I fast forward that uh, three months. I've got about 18 of these guys coming out to have dinner and a movie with me once a month. No way. Uh, <laughs> That's the, awesome. Sort of the main, the lame, and the blind. And, uh, Come on. And then a, a business guy um, uh, sees me up there with this motley crew and uh, takes me out to coffee. And he says, you know what? Throw a chunk of change behind this. He said, if you would take and develop this a little bit further. So I hired... Uh, uh, one guy that had a shriveled arm and another guy that had some pretty severe brain trauma. And next thing we know, we've got groups in Fredericton, St. John Moncton and across the border over in Bangor. And um, so um, and we're basically doing dinner and a movie with, you know, a little bit of scripture and stuff sort of mixed in there and uh, getting to know people. And that's sort of how we got started with it. That's incredible. Just kind of, uh, yeah, it's interesting to me, again, that this wasn't something that had like this huge profound moment where God was like, go thee thou hither. And, you know, it was it was uh, you just out of compassion, reaching out to somebody that you saw, not expecting, right? Like not expecting that a ministry was going to be birthed out of it, just kind of stopping for the one, stopping for that one guy and wanting to just be Jesus, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus to him. And then kind of like seeing the the oil flowing and just kind of going where the oil's flowing, kind of going where like like God's doing something. Obviously, he's putting his finger on this. He's highlighting something. And so just kind of getting into that that rhythm, stepping into that rhythm, stepping into that alignment with what with with what God was doing. And and it's just amazing. Somebody's coming up like like like, oh, hey, if you want to, you know, make this a little bigger, I've got some I'm going to I'll I'll put something behind it. I'll I'll help you out like. It's just so cool how how God works. Well, um, you know, I've always been amazed by that, and the and, and like you say, I had no intentions of this going past one night. I thought I'd take the guy, right. and cheer him up, and then we'd move on our way. And and uh, and, and next thing you know, you've got a pretty good little group there coming, and uh, and and so here about. Uh, uh, Four or five years ago, I um, 
as talking to Keith and uh, he's the, the owner of uh, Hal Ventures Limited. And they're uh, basically a mobility equipment manufacturer. They do uh, all kinds of different styles of hand controls and, and stuff like that for people wow. that like to drive their automobiles. And, and uh, they're, they're pretty significant uh, metal yeah. manufacturer fabricator. And um, he said, you know, I'll provide you with office space, uh, access to support staff, our print shop, uh, I'll, um, you know, access to our, our marketing team here at Hal Ventures Limited. And, uh, um, you know, I'll provide you with internet, uh, provide you with, uh, you know, the server that, that will be needed to, to host your website. And you'll have access to our creative director to keep that updated. And um, this is if you'd like to come and do this full time, he said, uh, we'll do that. We'll continue to provide you with a check every month. So um, that's the office area I have here today. And uh, that arrangement has continued to, uh, to, to work quite well. And um, uh, we, um, we, we really, we, you know, really have benefited from that, uh, that generosity as well. So. I'm just going to close my door here again. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, that's very cool. You, you know, Paul, if you can still hear me, uh, something that, ju that just occurred to me while you were talking is um, I was also born in New Brunswick. You were? Yep. New Brunswick, New Jersey. <laughs> that was the name of the town where I was born, New Brunswick. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so I was born in the town of uh, New Brunswick. That's where um, that's where Rutgers, the college is. And I grew up about, I don't know, 20, 20 or so minutes from there. But anyway, I don't know. It's off topic, but it just occurred to me. I don't know why I didn't think about that at the beginning when you when we were talking about New Brunswick. Well, it, the ministry, um, you know, we... We, we sort of had the thing going here, Fredericton, St. John Moncton, you know, over in Bangor, um, um, and, 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 and of course in Fredericton. Um, and then Keith invited me to go with him to an aided conference. And it's basically where all the um, driver rehabilitation specialists, uh, you know, physiotherapists, that type of thing, um, would, would gather that work with people living with disabilities. And it was in Columbus, Ohio, and Keith was quite excited because um, Cal Ventures Limited has been one of the world leaders in the area of uh, hand controls for mobility equipment, that type mm -hmm. of thing. And uh, um, Keith came with uh, the push rock uh, um, system, which basically revolutionized the whole industry. And he had um, the patent on that. Uh, device was coming up and what he had done was um, put together a new product called Featherlight, which would pretty much make his push rock almost obsolete really and um, and he was going to be introducing that at this conference so he brought me along and we, I got to share the booth put up some of my signage uh, in, in the place and um, anyway to make a long story short with that uh, I meet a, an individual there that says, you know what, you should get your charity status here in the U.S. if you're going to be over here, too, you know, and, mm. and so anyway, today we're, we're a registered charity in both Canada and the U.S., um, and we, we, we do 
most of our work right now, because of uh, staffing and all that there type of stuff and, and just funding, most of it has been done on the, on the East Coast here. Um, mm. So we, we, we do some stuff as far down the coast as uh, uh, Tampa, Florida, into the Orlando really? area a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And our head, office, our head office on the U.S. side continues to be in Washington, D.C. Um, and another group there, um, uh, Webster, Chamberlain, and Bean pr provides us with uh, that address and stuff. So, yeah. And you have a store, correct? Um, like an online store where you offer mobility products and stuff like that? We have... Uh, um, the store is sort of multifaceted because we have products by the ministry, which uh, Dr. Morrison and I are, are working on right now to, okay. uh, to, to finalize. We have uh, module one on the Luke 14 kingdom venture uh, is what we call it. Um, going into the highways and byways and bringing the main, the lame and the blind. And um, so we have module one and the, mo the there's three modules to it, uh, belong, believe and build. And uh, mm, so yeah. We're, we're now working on the uh, believe and build modules and hopefully have those out uh, maybe before Christmas. And uh, so we'll have all three modules together in the store. Then the other part in the store is products by those living with disabilities. And we have uh, quite a array of products uh, from quite a wide uh, spread group of people, uh, people with uh, um, uh, psychological problems down to people living in wheelchairs to people who are blind like there's there's quite a quite a quite a spray of, of things in there and um mm. and, and so that, that's that's part of the store there too we also have friends in the field program one of the things i didn't want to do was as continuing to sort of branch out a little bit was uh be in competition with everybody so anybody that does a ministry that's similar to ours um, we allow them to uh put their logo in our website under our friends in field banner and uh, and we create a link right back to their website so um hmm. and we do that's that very cool for, for free of charge and, and uh and that's part of uh how that works and uh, then we have our our sponsoring partners network um and th those individuals or companies mostly um pay to have their logo there and they, they have a, a link back to their various websites and some of them even create a link from their websites to mine, like in the case of uh, SureGrip and how ventures look mm. they do there. Um, so anyway, that, those are some of the things that we have in the store. And uh, it's, uh, So what, what are some examples of some like specific, uh, specific things that I could go, like if I were to go on to the store right now, what are some, some specific things that I could buy? Well, Keith Lyon, one of our, our newest guys, he, he has a couple of books in the store, children's stories. Okay. And, and uh, and I, I think one of them is is a Christmas story actually that he has written, and um, he, he's he's a really good children's author. And uh, so anyway, he, he he does that part of it. Um, we've got some music in there um, with uh, um, Becca Dahan, and also uh, Jeff Steinberg has some music in there. And I think Jeff also has a book in there. And so anyway, when you go into the store, you find different products like that. That's awesome. So it's a little bit of everything and you've got um, people. So you said there's um, uh, one aspect of the store is that um, some of the folks that with the disabilities that they have kind of an outlet to maybe create some kind of a product or something and put it in the store. 
That's right. And we um, like there's a there's a craft section in there. There's um, there's some individuals like I have a couple of guys that uh, do some paintings with their mouths. Now we could do digital copies, but some people like to have the original mm. sort of thing. So when yeah. they uh, when they do like they'll only do one or two pieces a year because uh, of their disability. So what we wow. do with some of those is we we have an auctions and raffle section within the store as well. And and so we'll auction those things off and we might do that over two or three months and have sort of sign up bidding and stuff like that. So when we get some of those pieces, that's sort of what we do with that too. So that's incredible. Uh well you mentioned something that I, I love um where you talk about uh the three the three things, the three modules, the belong, believe and build. Um would you kind of um discuss that a little bit and just kind of share your heart behind that? Well belonging to me always comes first before people can believe or, or build on anything. And, and so uh, the opportunity to create friends, the opportunity to sort of find your place, uh, that, that sort of thing is what I talk about in that whole belonging uh, section. It's uh, um, belonging is, is, is a lot, is really more powerful than what we sometimes give yes. it credit for. Um, and, and I think even coming to a church, uh, people need to be able to find a place that they feel like they belong and that they can, like, that's their place. That's where they can make friends. That's, you know, um, that's where they feel welcomed. And, uh, and so belonging is a, is a huge part. And we put that before we do any sort of evangelism with people or anything else, um, is to create a, a place where people feel like they're wanted, needed, loved, you know, mm. admired, all that type of stuff. That's all part of, you know, being able to belong. And then the belief uh, part. Real quick, Paul, I just just want to jump in before you move on to the next one, because uh, I, I that's so spot on, I think. And I really love I love your heart behind that. I think that it's something that we definitely see with Jesus when even just in the way he calls the the disciples initially, he, he calls them to himself and he's like, uh, hey, follow me. And it's like, yeah. well, what are we following you for? He's like, you'll find out, <laughs> you know, and it's like the he get, he gave them that he gave them belonging. He brought them into his world. That's what you did with Chris. You know, it was like, hey, man, let's go grab dinner. I'm not going to sit like I, instead of me sitting here, like I could sit here and I could preach the gospel to you right now. And that can work and that can be awesome. But, you know, how about we like, let's go grab dinner together. Let's grab a movie together. Let's just let's just hang out. I'm inviting you into my world. And then all kinds of possibilities open up. And you met, you know, you mentioned churches. I think about, you know, youth ministries like small groups and church in general, of course. And just like any any anytime we have that kind of an opportunity, that should be our goal. Right. To, you know, we have a group. We have community. Hopefully we have real authentic community where people are able to be themselves. We're able to, you know, grow together, learn together, all that kind of stuff, have fun together, share together. Uh, but hopefully when somebody, you know, we bring somebody in or somebody new shows up that we're able to, to just love so authentically that, that we can acclimate them, not, not to where they have to change to become like us all of a sudden, but where they can feel comfortable as they are and maybe there's some rough edges. Maybe they've never been to church before. Maybe they, you know, have no idea what we're talking about, but that we can just, you know, demonstrate real, true community, love and compassion, the heart of God in such a way that causes them to have that sense of acceptance and to feel like they belong somewhere. 
and from that place it, it just it's it's just such an incredible foundation to then begin to be able to build on well friends first like i mean <laughs> before like i i think sometimes what we as christians what we've done is we tried to make uh, and, you know, it's, it's important to, to us as Christians, too, that people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But sometimes the, the best Jesus is the one they're looking at right in front of them. And that's, you know, seeing him through us. And so the whole idea of friends first um, is, is really quite powerful in the, the whole cause of doing evangelism. And that's why, like, belonging becomes such a foundational thing because, it, it you know, it's, it's about friendship. It's about you know, people being able to have a place, people being able to uh, participate and all, all those types of things, um, you know, where, where, where they're met without uh, judgment or, or, you know, sizing up or anything else. But we're, we're interested in just sort of becoming friends, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that um, evangelism is really has its most profound impact when it happens through discipleship which happens through relation, you know, it's relational, it's, it's building those relationships with people. And of course, there's a place for the evangelist, you know, evangelistic events and outreaches and things like that. But when it can really happen, when we can, you know, speak into somebody's life through the context of connection, through acceptance, through belonging, through relationship, uh, it's, it's so profound. And, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, again, just, uh, I'm I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you in. Like you're not a, you're not an outsider. I'm inviting you in. Like you're on the the inner circle of my life right now. <laughs> this is what life. Lo- you know, this is what it looks like. And uh, I just yeah. Again, I think that's what Jesus did with complete strangers. You know. Well, you know, the Graham organization. Um, one of the things I think in the early years and later on was their Operation and That's what that was really all about. Was uh, you know, uh, you know leveraging friendships basically for for the purpose of the gospel maybe leveraging isn't a good word but anyway that's sort sort of what operation andrew was was, was about in that way but, uh, i've got a chair here that the piston keeps uh, losing its compression <laughs> <laughs> so are you sh- are, are you yeah, shrinking it like i keep going down here. but uh, but my chair does it too sometimes it, it hasn't happened to me yet today which is great i think because i'm leaning forward but yeah, there's there's some days where I just can't. It just keeps happening. I don't know what it is. The the, the second part though is the believe part. Yes, like believe. you know, after belonging, you come to believe. And one of the things I discovered was people living with disabilities. Um, some of them have given up believing in themselves. Some of them had been disappointed by other people so many times. Um, you know, promises unkept, that type of thing, um, that they stop believing in other people. When, when you don't believe in yourself, when you can't believe in others, it makes it really difficult to believe in God and, um, and to know that there's a God out there that loves you when you're not seeing it demonstrated anyplace else in the life that you're living, mm. lived out in front of you. And so um, when we start with believing, one of the things we, we, we want to do is, is help individuals begin to believe in themselves, that they've been created for a purpose, that, you know, um, that they, they have something to offer, that there's uh, something they can contribute. And, and I really believe that uh, no matter the disability, um, each one is here for a purpose and each one has something that they can contribute in life. And, and, and sometimes that's hard to find and see, but 
that that's part of the thing that we have to struggle with. And, and so um, believing in self is one thing. And then learning, to, again, to believe in others and to, to trust yeah. others and to uh, to be part of others and, and what they're doing and, 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 and that type of thing. So so there's that part of it. And then there's the believe in God part. And um, mm. and and so um, we're, we're usually along quite a ways in things um, before we're ever introducing people to, to Christ. But in the, at the same time, that introduction to Christ has already been sparked way back usually in the belong part of our, you know, of the mandate. And so people begin to sort of, you know, they're, they're looking, they say, well, why do you even care for me? Or you, like, it causes them to ask those questions. And then that opens up opportunity for that discussion too. Yeah. And then, and then there's the build part. And, um, and, and this, like each one sort of grows out of the other, like believing grows out of belonging, uh, building grows out of believing, right? And, um, the build part is, is uh, the old word we often use is discipleship. You know, how everybody has a gift, everybody has an ability, everybody has something that they can offer. And in the build part, we try to begin to, to look at how we can um, help individuals channel that. Maybe, maybe part of uh, their purpose here is to help somebody else with a dream or vision that God has given them. Um, because God doesn't give everybody the, the same uh, tenacity or same sort of vision or dream or, you know, size of dream or vision. Sometimes um, he's given individuals gifts and talents to support somebody else's uh, dream or vision. Um, and, and so we, 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 we learn to sort of work together. And that's what the build part is. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um... Let me, I want to just jump back real quick on the, on the believe, the believe one. Would you say, uh, I mean, in ministering um, in this community that you are, um, would you say that, you know, kind of helping people walk through things like disappointment and, you know, things like that, like disappointment, resentment, things like that, where maybe there has been a a lack of trust built up, um, you know, lack of, you mentioned lack of belief in self, which is um, a huge thing. And then also, you know, when you start talking about belief in others, um, do you find that that's, that's a very common trend as far as some things that have to be um, kind of obstacles overcome and helping people kind of learn to trust again and learn to maybe get past some disappointments and things like that, that they've had with other people? Well, you know what, I think that happens to, people um, that are both living with disabilities and those that are quite able-bodied at times. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you don't need disability to, to, to stop believing in yourself. You know, sure. um, it, it disables you when you don't believe in yourself. It, 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 it might even accentuate your disability even more um, when, you, when you stop believing in self and, you know, that, that whole thing and 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 when you stop when you become so cynical that you can't believe in other people um you know it goes across the, the spectrum um one of the things i've tried to do with uh this whole luke 14 kingdom venture is 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 not create what i would call a ghetto for people living with disabilities but try to create a community wow and wow and so um at some of the events we would do we would sometimes have more people that wouldn't have any sort of visible, you know, sort of disability per se, like how we would define disability. Um, they would be able-bodied, you know, uh, 
uh, normally functioning um, and, and not have any sort of special need. And and so um, when when you look at this, it's a um, it, it's about creating a like a a wholesome sort of community where um, people with uh, that are living with disabilities, along with those that uh, perhaps don't have any disability, uh, can come together and and, sh and see each other as important human beings. Because one of the things I discovered, um, people with disabilities, they're people just like you and I, and they they just want to be part of that community. Yeah. They they want to find yeah. a way into that, and they want to have friends and they want to have relationships just like everybody else. And uh, um, and and sometimes. Um, I know myself, I never really seen uh, some of the struggles that some of the individuals living with disabilities have um, living outside the community where I used to live. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was kind of my, my next question. I wanted to ask you um, if, first of all, if you had had any uh, kind of prior experience, you know, with um people on any kind of a consistent basis or anything like that um like either living with people or ministering to people or just kind of being in community with uh with people with disabilities or you know prior to that kind of impromptu hangout sesh that you had with chris and then you know my and and then based on that like what were maybe like are were there any kind of maybe misconceptions that that you had or something like that or something that you learned you know in the process that maybe you weren't so aware of before? Well, I'm still learning, and sure. and it's uh, good. You know, uh, it, it's not like we've we've sort of arrived or any of us become experts at any of this. Experts, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I you know, for me, it was a community I probably knew was there, but I never knew the struggles. I never knew. Uh, the individuals uh, uh, never really got to know uh, people like I, I didn't really have a friend that was uh, living with any type of disability now like I, I hang out with more people than I do but um, it's uh, beginning I guess one of the things that, that I uh, began to discover these these are real people with uh, real life issues um, just like everybody else, and uh, with with some of the same needs, wants, and desires that uh, all, all of us have, and um, and then um, you know, but sometimes they needed somebody else's arms and legs to help them sort of uh, acquire some of those things, and that's part of what what we do too. So, well, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I read that um, in 2018. The uh, YMCA awarded you with a uh, peace medallion. Is That's that right. correct? So, in recognition of uh, the work that you've done uh, to impact the lives of those living with disabilities, uh, what was that phone call like? Or did that come? How did you? <laughs> what was that like when you when you found uh, out about that? I mean, that's that's yeah. an incredible thing. They they me lunch one day and they told me that they had uh, uh, a hockey player. That was his name was submitted, and a couple of businessmen's names that were submitted that did a lot of philanthropy, and then there was my name, and um, I didn't even know my name had been submitted. So um, anyway, um, I didn't think too much of it, but uh, I, I, I was the one that ended up being chosen for the award in 2018. So that was pretty. Was there a ceremony and everything, or how how was that? Yeah, yeah. That was at the, the local Y. They had uh, okay. 
ceremony there and the presentation speeches and, and we had uh, some of the people from uh, some of the groups that i i had uh, came and spoke there like keith uh, he's in an electric wheelchair he was able to speak there derek wood brain trauma spoke at the event as well and then they had some of their people there too so anyway yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Uh, well, you know, again, I, I love, I, I just, I, I love what you do. I, I, I love the, the focus of it, of, um, you know, really wanting to impact the entirety of a person's life. You know, of course, like the most important thing that we could do that any of us could do, the most important decision I could ever make in my life is the decision to give my life to Jesus. Of course. Yeah. Um, but you know Jesus even when we when we look at Jesus and the the people he came to save he he met people where they were he met their needs he ministered to them he set them free he healed their diseases he went and had lunch with them he spoke into their lives you know he 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 got involved in people's lives and the goal is the the goal was and is transformation of the entire person now of course you know you can get somebody saved and then they go back to their life and hopefully they keep going, right? Like hopefully somebody, um, they get into a church or they get around somebody who can help them to walk them, you know, through different things and they can get into the word and they can build their relationship with God. Um, but, you know, how often does it happen where, you know, we get people saved and it's kind of like, all right, you're saved, get out. And <laughs> it's like, there's no follow up just kind of throw that, just throw you out to the wolves. Good luck, you know, but I just love the, I, I love the, the, the focus of just the, the transformation of, of the person, you know, starting from a place of belonging, you know, I want you to know that you're here, that you're loved, that you're accepted. Um, you belong with us. You're welcome here, you know, and then kind of through that process of working out beliefs and maybe, you know, faulty belief systems, rooting those things out and, you know, just, just helping somebody restore the way that they think, the way they see themselves, the way that they see others. And of course, the way that they, they see God and getting, you know, coming face to face and becoming acquainted with God. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, uh, I, I know you, I know you said how build is kind of a focus on that, you know, discipleship process, but to me, the whole thing sounds like, that process, you know, because uh, again, I mean, Jesus with the disciples, um, they, I don't remember who I heard. This isn't something that I originated, but I just, it sounds cool. It's uh, they belonged before they believed. It's like yeah. before they believed everything, there was already that belonging. They were, you're part of it. You're, you're part of this and we're walking together through this and it's going to take some time and there's going to be some, you know, edges to hammer out and all kinds of stuff's going to come up along the way. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for, for you. Not for just uh, you know a one-time quick thing, quick fix. You're you're off on your own. And anyway, I just um, I think it's so cool what you've uh, you and your team have been able to build there. It's awesome. Well, one of the other things that I I, I often talk about too, along with the belong believe build, is the whole idea of doing ministry with rather than two or four. I think one of the defaults sometimes we, we have in the church is we sort of see a need and we organize the ministry to do it two or four group of people that we see that need existing there. And, um, and, and, and one of the things that we've tried to do at IM Ministries is to try to organize how we do ministry with rather than trying to make it a thing that we do two or four people. Um, 
because sometimes doing two or four, we feel real good about after we've done it because we've done our bit. Like we've, we've done something two or four, that group of people. And, um, and I think trying to get that out of our mindset, because like this is just as much about us in, in the journey that we're on as it is about the, the people that we're serving. Um, you know, sometimes God puts a vision before us and we think that that's mm. what we need to pursue. But in the, in the course of pursuing that dream or vision, God's actually doing a work in us. And, um, and, mm. and, and one of the things that um, the, the whole idea of doing ministry with is about that it's about that we're on that journey together we're both there to learn we're both there to be educated um uh, and we're both there to grow and um so it, it makes it as exciting for us and 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 so trying to help churches move beyond um that whole uh, default position of doing ministry two or four a group of people and begin to focus on how we do it with and how we become involved in the journey together. Wow. Uh, Amen to that. Um, yeah, I, you know, because I, I think I think that we could easily, um, yeah, the mindset of this is the group that I minister to right? Like <laughs> this is the people that I minister to. And so what have I done? Like almost psychologically, like I've, I've disconnected myself from that group and kind of put myself on some kind of a pedestal to say like, I'm the one who ministers to this group of people. Right. But like what you're saying is, is such a, it's beautiful. It's life-changing say like, no, like we are in this, we're all in this together. <laughs> we're all in this together. I'm not any, I'm not any better than anybody in this group. Like we are all in this together. And, uh, you know, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, Paul, did you, um, did you grow up in a Christian home? Like, were you born knowing the Lord or did you, you know, not born knowing the Lord, but I mean, did you, you know, from a young age or how, how did that work? My calling into to ministry was actually much like the boy Samuel, you know, how uh, Samuel was with Eli and, and uh, the Lord, you know, came to Samuel and called Samuel and Samuel went to Eli thinking it was Eli and, and, and it took three or four times before uh, Eli you know, sort of came to his senses and, and realized that it was the Lord calling the boy Samuel. And, um, and you know, it, it says at the beginning of that, that, you know, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but the Lord came and called Samuel. And my calling was, was a lot like that. At age 16, I, I had this calling. I got out of bed one night and I said, you know, I had this uh, dream or vision that, that the Lord had put before me. And and um, I can go into greater detail with that. But I mean, um, I got out of bed one night and I got on my knees and I said, Lord, if there's something you want me to do, help me to find out who you are. And, um, and, and that's where things sort of got started for me. That's very cool. Uh, how old were you when that happened? I was 16. Yeah. You were 16. Okay. And we had were, you had, yeah, go ahead. We, we would go Christmas and Easter at that time yeah. okay gotcha yeah so you you anticipated my next question yeah. <laughs> and then um wow 
That's so cool. Paul, I, I appreciate you, brother. I really appreciate your time and um, everything that, that you've shared. Um, before we uh, forget to uh, get to it or anything else, what are some, where are some places that people can go? I know we've got the website, IamAtMinistries.com. I'll actually put that up on, on the screen in just a minute for anybody uh, watching this video. Um, and uh, yeah, is there anywhere else that you would point people to, to kind of find out either more about what's, what's offered here and uh, maybe find ways that they can get connected? Um, the, the website is probably the, the easiest place. All of our information is there, and, um, and people can get there. There's there's phone numbers there. There's uh, email addresses, and that's probably the, the best way to, to get in contact with us. Very cool. Um, uh, did we leave? Did we leave anything out? Did we get to the? Uh, we were kind of walking progressively through the story, and then we were bunny trailing on some different things. Um, and uh, uh, I'm I'm wondering, did we get to uh, where we are current day? Or are we? Did we? Did we leave anything out? Um, well, current day, we're, we're, I'm actually working on hopefully what what will be a uh, a major conference for people living with disabilities, and and not only people living with disabilities, but that whole greater community, which includes uh, manufacturers of products uh, for people living with disabilities, um, people in the healthcare segment of that families, friends, um, and uh, we're, we're trying to work on securing a location in uh, the Orlando area where we could uh, host that out of. Um, so far, we haven't been too successful, but we still have some some irons in the fire and we're, we're, we're working on that. And then to have uh, uh, some of those, you know, some, some individuals that, that would be representative of the uh, manufacturers, uh, um, you know that, that whole community that it's a pretty big uh community and uh trying to bring all that together and, and, and do that for a few days and organize that around our belong believe build strategies very cool do you have like a a target for like when you're hoping to get this off the ground or what what is it uh, we were right right now? hoping for february of 2023 but uh really do need a location to, to make that happen so Sure, sure. All right. What what kind of what kind of uh, location do do you do you need? Well, How many I, people are you trying to to support there? I, I could see us um, potentially having uh, close to a thousand people at something like this. Mm, wow! Um, if if we could do this do this upright, and if we had the the size of facility we need. Um, so I, I also see that this whole thing because it, it's a Loop fourteen Kingdom venture. Like I could go out and I could sort of uh, probably get a hotel someplace, and you know we could, you know, or some sort of hall someplace. And, and we sure. Could that. Um, but I, I really, my my heart is I really believe that this belongs with the church too, and mm -hmm. uh, have a, have churches participate with us in that would be um, would be really huge. And so I've been trying to sort of cultivate some of those relationships and uh, and uh, make that a possibility and uh, see where, see where we go from there. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep my ears open for you um, and uh, see if, if uh, yeah. Um, but no, I, lo I love it, man. I love what you're doing. I, I appreciate it so much, uh, the impact that you're having. And it's uh, it's really incredible. Appreciate your time, man. I just appreciate your generosity. It's been uh, just great getting to know you better. I heard a little bit about your story the first time that we talked a little, little while back, a few months ago. And uh, just to kind of hear what, what the Lord is doing. 
and um, how he's using you and, and how he's using this ministry to uh, impact the lives of people with disabilities is just unreal. Uh, I'm, my mind is blown and I appreciate it so much. Oh, thanks. Appreciate you too, dude. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for uh, taking uh, the time to check out this episode, this conversation. I pray that the uh, yeah, the conversation that it was a blessing to you in some way. If you got anything out of it, if it blessed you, or added any kind of value to your day, um, if you would consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review on one of the podcast platforms, or even just following the Facebook page, uh, Real Life Talk Podcast, uh, that will uh, help us make sure that we can get these um, episodes, these conversations, in front of more and more people and uh, continue to make an impact there. So thank you guys so much. Um, you guys have an awesome day. Paul, uh, thanks again, brother. Thank you, dude. Bye, everybody.